You're listening to Guitars and Granola Bars, Episode 1. Thank you so much for joining me here on Guitars and Granola Bars, Music Therapists Talk Motherhood. I'm your host, Rachel Ramback, and this podcast is for music therapists and anyone else balancing a passion-fueled career with being a mom. In this episode, I'm chatting with Janice Lindstrom. Janice has been a board-certified music therapist for over 20 years, working with a variety of populations and settings. Currently, she supervises music therapy practica at Southern Methodist University. She offers Work Smarter, Not Harder coaching at heartbeatmusictherapy.net and has a new series offering support for parents on her award-winning internet radio show, The Music Therapy Show. All right, so we are chatting with Janice Lindstrom, and I have to admit that it's a little intimidating interviewing you, Janice, because you are basically the queen of music therapy podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you had the first music therapy podcast, right? I think it was one of the first, um, and I just, I don't feel like I'm all that much of an expert. I just do a radio show. I don't do any editing. I just turn on the phone and start talking and it, and then it records. Well, I think that's even more impressive that everything that you do is, is, um, you know, unedited and just goes straight from, from your call to your show. So I've always been a big fan of it. And I think the work that you do is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited to have you as the very first guest for the show because you are such a a prolific podcaster, radio show host, and everybody in the music therapy community knows Janice Lindstrom. I know that, that both of our sons were born around the same time, so we kind of went through all of those fun pregnancy things, um, sort of at at the same time. So before we jump into all that, let's talk about your career as a music therapist prior to becoming a mom. So give us a little bit of background. Well, I started in 1995, so that was a long time ago. And uh, when I graduated, I worked first for the hospital that I did my internship at in rehab, uh, neurological rehab. And then I worked for a while doing uh, Jero Psych in several skilled nursing units across South Texas. And then after that, I came back to Dallas for my to start a master's degree and did some private practice work in some pediatric hospitals and in school districts and uh, home health care and adult psych. Um, and then eventually, I worked in several different places and probably with almost every population that music therapists work with, except for prisons. I haven't done that. And uh, for the longest time, I did uh, uh, private practice, home health care style private practice. And now I work for SMU, Southern Methodist University, and I supervise their practicum students when they go to locations that don't already have a board certified music therapist working there. Wow. So you've been all over the place in music therapy. (laughs) That's impressive. Wow. So I know that you always have a lot on your plate and lots of different things happening at once related to your work. So how did you decide 
when the time was right to start a family? Well, my husband and I, we didn't get married until uh, three years ago, and I'm 42 now. So we got married when I was 39, mm-hmm. and I would have been pretty happy not having children, I think, um, at the time anyway. Uh, but my husband really wanted to have it. So I told him after we got married that uh, if we were going to have children, it needed to be now. Right. Because I didn't think my body could take it much later into my life. And we, you know, we met probably in 2006 and, uh, or no, that's when we started dating. We met before then we met around, or we started dating around 2006 and, and I was just more focused on getting my career developed and some other things had to fall into place that took quite a long time. So we just didn't get married until a few years ago. And I certainly wasn't going to try having a kid on my own. So that's, that's basically how that decision process happened. Yeah. And I find that so interesting because you're not the first music therapist that I've heard say that, that they really wanted to get their career going and um, really developed before they started a family. So I think that's a common theme, especially because so many of us do work in private practice. And I think that makes a big difference. So did you continue working throughout your pregnancy? I did. I had started, once I became pregnant, um, I started deciding how I was going to cut back on my work. Um, it was the SMU position is a part-time position, but, um, it pays pretty well and meets a lot of my financial needs. And, uh, and then because I was married. So I suddenly had two incomes to work with. My husband's uh, law practice filled in the gaps that, that me cutting back would would have. And uh, I just, I knew, I knew, I guess I knew my limitations and I didn't think that I would be able to handle being very pregnant and uh, go traveling as much as I did. Yeah. So I had started working on cutting back my practice. And by the time my son was born, um, I had pretty much closed my practice. Okay. Okay. That's so nice that you, that you had that option and that you were able to be honest with yourself and say, you know, I think these are my limits and this is how I'm going to prepare for this big change. Yeah, well, I I worked, you know, I go and I went into people's houses and sometimes those situations weren't the best. Oh, sure. Um, Most most of the time they were. Most of the time I was in some pretty nice neighborhoods, but then I would have to be going up and down stairs a lot and I would have to get up and down off the floor a lot. And I don't don't know how it is for younger pregnant people, but as an older pregnant woman, that was really tough. It was physically, it was really hard on my body to be pregnant at, at uh, 40 and I gave birth at 41. So, um, I just, I knew that physically I couldn't keep it up. Um, and some, some of the situations I went into, you know, some of the clients I worked with required a lot of physical attention. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. This is, this can be a very physical career. Right. And so. I just, I talked about that for a long time with my husband and we just decided that was the best choice. Okay. And what about maternity leave? Did you take time off um, for an extended period after he was born? 
Um, I didn't. I really was trying to get pregnant in August mm-hmm. so that he would be born in May and the semester would be over for SMU. And then I'd have all summer as maternity leave and I wouldn't have to not, you know, miss work at all. And uh, I actually did get pregnant in August. And then a month later I had a miscarriage, which was really sad. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. But then I, uh, I, we got pregnant again two months later. And so he was born in August, which was right at the start of the semester. Um, so the other professors at SMU were really great and, um, allowed me, I took six weeks off. And so the semester, I think went through about four weeks before I came back and I didn't feel like if I took more time off that it, that it would be worth SMU's time to just have a substitute. And so then I would lose all that income and the position for the semester. And I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to do that. So I came back to work after six weeks. Wow. <laughs> well, that was really tough. <laughs> I was going to say, what was that like? How was that first day back for you? Um, so I was, I don't know. I don't recommend taking off that short amount of time. Mm-hmm. It, it was really hard. Um, I was exhausted. We hadn't figured out. Yeah. I feel like one of the most clueless new parents on the planet, <laughs> you know, we I all do. Lot about child development and all of that stuff. And I'd taken care of children before, but 24 seven being responsible for uh, the life of a person is really, really tough. And uh, so I was exhausted, but I was also not getting enough uh, social interaction with adults. So it was nice to get a break from the childcare and have the ability to be creative again. It was a tough transition um, physically, uh, because I was so tired and not getting any sleep. And he was, you know, he was just, I think he was eight weeks old at that time. Mm-hmm. And it was just really, it was really tough, but it, it did, you know, get better. Like everybody said it would, I didn't really believe it at the time, but it got better and, uh, it worked out. But if you have the option to take longer, I certainly recommend that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I was sort of feeling that, um, absence of, of having that creative outlet because, you know, we are so creative in our work and to have a long period of time where we don't have that in our lives. I think that was a big challenge for me during my maternity leave. I took off the entire summer because my son was born at the beginning of June and by like July, I was like twiddling my thumbs. Okay. You know, what am I going to do to satisfy this, you know, part of my life? So it is, it is hard to, to leave that part of your life for such a long time. Right. But, and I felt like some of the brain cells were starting to go. Yes. I was <laughs> nervous that when I went back to work, I would have like, you know, lost some of my mojo or lost <laughs> some of my skills. Yes. Yeah. It's, it, this is a career where, you know, you, you do have to keep up your practice and you do have to, you know, maintain things to a degree. Right. Uh, so what kinds of changes did you make in your work or um, in your career to balance being a mom and working at the same time? Um, well, I stopped accepting new clients was the main one, um, which I, I would I still get calls and I still kind of have a pull like like I could do it. But I 
I really just have to know my limitations and, and not do that. Plus, my husband is self-employed as well. And so we don't do child daycare or anything like that. We share oh, okay. the childcare. And we're, most of my supervision work for SMU happens in the after school hours. Uh-huh. So, uh, and it's, it's just 15 hours a week. So it's not every day. So my husband and I alternate our appointments and, uh, that is, has been really nice, but it's also really tough to juggle sometimes. It is nice that, that you have that flexibility and, and I can relate. Um, we sort of did the same thing for the first year and a half of Parker's life. And, um, we got to the point just in the last couple months, and I actually wrote a blog post about this recently, but it was to the point where, um, I, I needed that extra time that I wasn't working clinically to, to work on the other aspects of my business and my practice. So now we have um, Parker going to daycare three days a week. So, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the most ideal situation for us, but, but it has made a big difference in the amount of work that I do. So I think we just all have to find that, that rhythm that works for, for us and our families. Right. And we're just getting to the point where we need to look into daycare options. Although mm-hmm. I, I think January is when you're supposed to book all of that stuff. So I may have missed the book this year. <laughs> I feel clueless about the child care stuff too. Yeah, I was too. And I, I think the biggest thing was just asking around and asking for recommendations and then talking to people, you know, that have their children and in, in childcare and, just kind of figuring out what the best fit for you is and visiting different places. But it's hard, especially when you're used to your baby being home and, you know, taking him somewhere and leaving him all day. It's, it's, I'm not going to lie. It is, it's tough, but it's been really good for, for us, you know, work-wise and family-wise and then for him socially, because he wasn't getting that social interaction that kids that do have, you know, some daycare, Uh, have. So it's been great. Oh, good. Yeah. So do you feel like you've changed as a music therapist because you're a mom now? I think I have in some ways. I think, uh, so I've always been really empathetic with parents. Like I always understood that that was a really tough job, especially the parents that I worked with that have children that have special needs. Um, so I always believed that that was a really tough job. And you always hear that parenthood is the t- hardest job there is. And it kind of sounds like a cliche. And I never under really, really understood it until I experienced it. And now I, I do, I get it. And I'm, I, I'm so much more, I feel like I understand what the parents of my clients are going through just a little bit more. Like I still don't understand everyone else's situation that much, but I feel like I can empathize a little better. So if I go into their home and it's not, uh, everything's not picked up and they're disorganized and they don't have the kid ready and they just forgot about that I was coming that day. So they're, they're not quite set up. I totally understand how that happens. Yes. Yeah. And I understood before too, cause I understand disorganized people. I, I, I feel that <laughs> I get that, but, uh, I didn't understand the level of, of, or I guess the lack of control you have over your own life mm-hmm. when you are responsible for the lives of others. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Definitely. Yeah, it does gives you, it gives you a brand new perspective on the families that you work with and, 
I know the same thing was true for me. And I just felt like such a more empathetic person in general after becoming a mom and especially towards my clients and, and their families. So I think that's, you know, always a really cool um, change. There's a lot of changes that are hard, but that's one of the, one of the good ones, I think. Right. I also, um, I try to be non-judgmental as much as I can, because I just don't feel like that's really helpful in my life or, or anyone else's. So I try not to be judgmental and I've, I've able to be even less judgmental now that I have a kid. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I do think that it makes you more open-minded because you know how hard your own situation is. So you can only imagine what other people are going through and how they make things work. So what other challenges have you come across? I know we talked a little about juggling um, schedules and childcare. Um, are there any other challenges that you've found since becoming a working mom? Well, my schedule changes each semester, and then it has to stay consistent for that semester because the, the practicum hours are assigned for the 14 weeks of each semester. So it, it's it's nice to have the breaks at, you know, the Christmas break or the winter break and then the summer break and then the spring break and fall break and all those little things. That's really nice to have and to be able to look forward to those. Um, it's tough when I'm trying to set up the practicum schedules for the next semester when I'm not real sure what my son's schedule is going to be for the next semester. You know, as he grows and develops, he's, his schedules change all the time. Yeah. And just, just when I think I have something down and I feel secure in it, <laughs> it changes again. Right. So. Oh yes. That is so true. So, um, I think that's one of the harder parts is, is, um, dealing with all that change, but then life is changed. So it's just kind of part of the, part of the deal. Yeah, absolutely. When the minute you get used to something, you can pretty much count on that changing. And that goes for sleeping and eating and all of those developmental things. Right. But what about the fulfilling aspects? So what what are some of the things that are really rewarding for you working and being a mom? When I go back to work, which for me, it actually, I start back again tomorrow. So I've had a nice long break. Oh, nice. Um, but uh, when I go back to work and I have to be really conscious of what my schedule is so that I can accomplish the things that I need to do at home and accomplish the things I need to do at work, uh, it helps me. I actually get more focused. So mm-hmm. I spend less time just kind of uh, going from one thing to the other without a real plan. So I create a more focused plan so that when I'm at work, I focus on work and know exactly what I need to do there. And then when I'm at home, I'm more focused at home. And I try to make sure my home focus um, includes time where I'm not multitasking and I'm just playing with my kid or um, I'm just resting. So I've started actually taking naps when my kid naps a lot of the time, which I have to give that up to go to work. But <laughs> yeah, that'll be hard. But I've, I've found that since going back to work and, and being a mom, I have found ways to, and it, it, what, there was a learning curve, but I found ways to be nicer to myself. And I'm also a lot more focused, which means I'm more productive because I know I just have a short amount of time to get anything done. Yeah. And I found that to be true as well. And sometimes I think 
gosh, before I had a kid, like, how did I not, you know, conquer the world with all that free time that I had? You know, I always thought I was so busy. And now I'm like, I had no clue. I was so clueless. Right. Yeah, because I've actually been blogging a lot more, which has been a goal of mine for years. But now that I only have 15 minutes in the morning, and that's only if I get up on time and get dressed and get downstairs to my computer (laughs) before my kid wakes up, um, that I have time to do it. So I'm a lot more focused when I have time to write as well. Yeah, and I I love to hear you say that you're more aware of, of the quality of the time that you're spending at home with your son and the quality of the time that you spend when you're working and um, that you make that effort to not multitask as much because I think that is so easy for us to, you know, try to do five things at once. And I think that our kids, you know, they notice when we're, you know, trying to respond to emails and trying to set up a schedule while they're wanting our attention at the same time. And I know that's something that I've really struggled with. Um, so that inspires me to hear that that you really put that effort in into doing that and and being focused when when it comes to spending time with Kyle. Well, they, they he does notice when I'm multitasking, mm-hmm. and what I have noticed is that when I am trying to get something done, and it's it's during his time, you know, when when I'm supposed to be focused on him, my patience is so short yes, and I get super frustrated because I can't get whatever it is done that I decided needed to happen. And, um, so I've started trying to find ways to incorporate him into some of those things. So he'll grab a duster and the mop and follow me around as I clean stuff up. Um, and he likes to open and close the dryer as I move the laundry. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, um, he does Things like, and then he plays chase on the bed while I try to make it. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's always very helpful, right? <laughs> yeah. So it takes me like 10 times as long to get anything done, but we're doing it together. So it feels more like quality time. Yes. To him. Yes. I feel like I'm teaching him good habits mm-hmm. that way. Um, plus, I am becoming less of a perfectionist about things, which I, I think perfectionism is, is toxic anyway. So. I'm trying to let go of all that. And so if, if I don't, you know, mop the kitchen perfectly, then at least it got mopped. That's right. That's, that's further than a lot of the other moms that are listening to this got yesterday or today, whatever the case may be. So, so I do, I do include him on those things, but then when I find, when I, when my temper, when I notice my temper is getting short, I stop and take a, a little break to breathe and decide that I need to not do whatever it is I'm trying to accomplish and pay attention to Kyle and schedule the other thing. That is a great piece of advice. And actually that aligns with an article that I just read. Somebody had shared it on Facebook and it was about um, the three second rule or the three seconds that can change your day or something like that. And the message was basically the same where, you know, when you're starting to feel your patience you know, snap, take three seconds and, you know, make a change in your mindset and in your response. And that can make such a big difference. I love that. Very cool. So we talk so much about how important self-care is for us as therapists in general. 
what do you do for yourself outside of being a music therapist and being a mom? I schedule 30 minutes to work out every day or six days a week. Anyway, I take a rest oh, day. Oh, you. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and I took some time to figure out how I can continue my workout schedule while I have to go back to work. Cause I used to do it like at 10 30 in the morning. And now that I'm going back to work, if, if I'm going to make that happen, I have to do it at eight 30 in the morning. So I figured out how to make that work. Plus I get up at uh, my, I, I'm pretty lucky. I have a kid that sleeps for roughly 12 hours a night. So he goes to bed around seven or eight and wakes up around seven or eight. Actually, sometimes he wakes up around four or six, but he, uh, he, uh, gets a bottle and goes back to sleep. So it's, it's pretty nice. Um, so, but I, I get up before he gets up and make sure that I can have my cup of coffee without interruption. And if I can get at least one cup, I like to have two a day, but if I can get one cup without interruption, then my day starts better. Yeah, that's, that's, and that's a feat for other moms that can relate. Um, drinking your coffee before it gets cold. That's definitely, um, when you, when you are able to accomplish that, that's like an awesome start to your day. It is. And I am not a morning person. And I know that other moms have babies that wake up at like at five and six and Mm I totally feel for you. And I don't, I I don't know how, I don't, don't believe that I could possibly function if I had a kid that did that. Um, but, uh, early for me is getting up at seven. And, uh, so, but now that's, kind of my sacred time because my husband's not up then and my kid's not up then. So I have from seven to about seven fifteen or seven thirty if I'm lucky to have time all to myself and my cup of coffee. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. And and you come to need that time. It's just a way to start your day calmly and with intention and just have that, you know, grounding moment before chaos ensues. Yes. Mm-hmm. Our field being, you know, mostly women and um, a lot of younger therapists now, I feel like our field is getting younger and younger, but maybe that's just because I'm getting older and older. <laughs> um, but I see, you know, music therapy colleagues announcing their pregnancies all the time now, and it's so fun to see. Um, what advice would you give for other music therapists that are either pregnant or just becoming new moms? I, it's hard to give advice to new moms. I feel like, I don't know. I felt like when I was a new mom, there was so much that I didn't know that I wish people had told me like just how exhausted you would be. Mm -hmm. But I don't think you could even conceive of what that means until you actually experience it. Yeah. Um, so I guess, I guess my advice would be to lower your expectations don't set such a high bar for yourself that you are constantly not able to reach your expectations. Um, and, and when I say that, I don't mean settle for less. I mean, to be nice, be nice to yourself. I feel like I spent a lot of my life not being very nice to myself because I felt driven to do things and accomplish things. And I didn't set up schedules that would actually allow me to get seven hours of sleep minimum, or I didn't set up schedules that would allow me to, to, um, eat properly 
you know, in a healthy way and in a way that wasn't in my car. So I would recommend that you be nice to yourself and schedule time for naps, especially if you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. So exhausting. Mm -hmm. And just understand that you will not do all the things that you did before you were pregnant or have a baby and let that be okay. Yeah, I think that is wonderful advice because a lot of us are, you know, type A people that want to do everything and do everything well. And all of that really seems to just go out the window once you have a baby. It's just you, like you said earlier, you really don't have control over everything. And, um, and I still feel that way even now. And my son's 19 months old. And that's why, you know, this year I really didn't um, set any New Year's resolutions or anything like that, but I did come up with a word for the for the new year, and that is grace. And I'm giving it to myself because I need it, and I need that reminder that I do need to be nicer to myself and not expect that I can do all the things that I once did before effortlessly. So. I love that idea of giving yourself grace. Yeah, it's it's imperative. So do you have any music therapy related projects or news that you'd like to share with everyone listening? I have a few projects going on because I always seem to. Um, I blog at heartbeatmusictherapy.net mm-hmm. and I have a couple series that are either in progress or in development. And so one series is the a book club. I'm reading through Music Centered Music Therapy by Ken Agin and uh, blogging about that as soon as I finish a chapter. So it's really inconsistent. I don't have a schedule for it. It's just whenever I finish a chapter, then I'll write about it. And so I have that series. Um, I have a series on work smarter, not harder, trying to take all of these things that I've started to incorporate into my life. Uh, in the way that I was able to maintain my private practice for almost 20 years, um, what I learned some, some things the hard way and didn't decided to do them easier. So, um, I'm sharing those in a work harder, not smarter. No, I always say that backwards work smarter, not harder series. <laughs> Got it. And, uh, I offer some coaching to go along with that. If, uh, if you need a little more help than what I provide on the blog articles. Oh, great. Okay. And then I have the, the radio show um, that, again, I schedule during nap times and, and whenever I have a topic. I try to do at least two shows a, a month. Um, and I'm, I'm doing a series with Dr. Megan Masco talking about the music therapy perspectives in Journal of Music Therapy articles whenever those are published. And then I'm also starting a, a series that's probably going to be once a month with another mom and she's a a counselor she has a counseling degree and it runs the mommy mixer group that saved my life here oh nice so she's going to be joining me once a month and we're going to talk about mom topics oh perfect great we will share all links to all of those things in the show notes for this podcast and That way everybody listening can go check all of those things out. And I do have one last question for you, Janice. Do you have any products, books, or resources related to music therapy or motherhood that are indispensable to you or have been throughout this journey so far? 
Hmm. Um, I'd say my greatest resource has been flylady.net, which is a resource to help you get organized and clean your home. Okay. She, and most of what she provides is free. Um, so, and I, I don't get any money for, for saying this, but she teaches a lot of these principles of being nice to yourself and, to, and taking small steps and building routines that help you to maintain your home. So I think that is the greatest resource that I use. Okay. And it can be a little overwhelming at first, but uh, if you just take it in small pieces and be persistent with it. Awesome. We will add that to the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Janice, for sharing your experiences with us. And thank you for listening. If you'd like to send Janice a message, you can find her on Twitter at Janice Lindstrom. Would you like to be a guest on the show? Let me know. Get in touch and find the show notes for this episode at listenlearnmusic.com forward slash podcast. 